You are listening to The Pregnancy Podcast with Vanessa Merton. Hello, thank you for tuning into The Pregnancy Podcast. There is a page on the website that has links to all of the episodes, the information, research, data, everything on the coronavirus, SARS-CoV-2, and COVID-19. And you can find everything at PregnancyPodcast.com forward slash coronavirus. I want to thank these sponsors for this episode. Zoller has a line of immunity supplements, and right now you can save 15% off with the code IMMUNITY15 when you buy them on Amazon. I have ordered these and I'm taking them in addition to my regular prenatal vitamin because now more than ever is the time when I want to do everything that I can to support my immune system. You can see all of the vitamins that I recommend from Zoller with the details on those Amazon promo codes at pregnancypodcast.com forward slash vitamin. Right now, you can also get 20% off the Zoller plus DHA prenatal vitamin and get free infant vitamin D drops. I take the vitamins and supplements that I use and that my family uses very seriously. And it's really important that we are taking high quality supplements. And that is why I love the vitamins and supplements from Zoller. For more details on the prenatal vitamin, the promo code to save 20%, plus to check out those immunity support supplements and save 15% on those, go to PregnancyPodcast.com forward slash vitamin. I know that you have a lot of choices when it comes to beauty products and makeup. And when you're pregnant, you may be experiencing more skin sensitivity. And of course, you want to make sure that the cosmetics and the skincare products that you're using are safe. Thrive Cosmetics makes high-performance products that are formulated without things like parabens, sulfates, or phthalates, and you can save 15% off your first purchase. Their products are 100% vegan and cruelty-free. I note that it's challenging to find high-quality skincare that has safe ingredients and that doesn't break the bank. I've been using the Bright Balance 3-in-1 Cleanser, which I really like. This is their Essential Cleanser. And I like the feel of their makeup. Plus, I can rest assured that it doesn't contain a lot of the ingredients that I want to avoid. I love that I can have their products shipped directly to my door. And to top off the long list of reasons why I like this brand, for every product purchased, Thrive Cosmetics helps women in need by donating funds or products. You can start thriving and help women in need today by going to thrivecosmetics.com forward slash pregnancy podcast. And you can use the promo code pregnancy podcast for 15% off your first purchase. That's Thrive Cosmetics and cause is C-A-U-S-E dot com forward slash pregnancy podcast and use the code pregnancy podcast for 15% off. So thrivecosmetics.com forward slash pregnancy podcast and use the code pregnancy podcast. And I want to thank Boppy for their support of this episode. You can save 20% off boppy.com with the promo code pregpod20. Boppy makes a lot of great products for you and your baby. And I'm a big fan of their pregnancy pillows because these are going to help you get comfortable for a good night of sleep, no matter what stage of pregnancy you're in. There's four different options to choose from, and these range from a small wedge pillow to support your back or your bump, all the way up to a total body pillow that's going to support your whole body. 
These pillows are very comfortable. I really wish that I would have had these options back when I was pregnant because it was so difficult to get into a comfortable sleeping position and to stay there, especially the bigger my belly got. You have four different options to choose from so you can find the right one that's going to be the perfect fit for you. Getting a good night of sleep is so important for your health and your immunity and for the health of your baby. And the more comfortable you are, the better you're going to sleep. You can view all of your options at pregnancypodcast.com forward slash pillow. And to save 20% off your purchase on the boppy.com website, you want to use the promo code PregPod20. This episode, I have more updates for you on the coronavirus. Obviously, I've been following this very closely. There's a page on the website where I am including everything that's relevant for this topic, and I am consistently updating information there. You can see all of that at pregnancypodcast.com forward slash coronavirus. And for this episode, there's a full article transcript on the website with links to everything that I'm talking about today. In the previous two episodes, we've covered all of the basics around the coronavirus and talked about how that could be changing your prenatal care or your birth plan. And this week, I'm going to update you with the new research that's come out in the past week. If you have not listened to those other two episodes, I really recommend that you go back and check them out because they're going to be helpful. We're just building on that information. This is a constantly evolving situation, and this episode is the most recent information and data available as of March 29th, and you know that I'll be updating you as we learn more. Please let me know how I can help you. Shoot me an email with any questions. I'm here to help you navigate this situation as much as I can. I want to start with an update on testing. The United States now has more cases of COVID-19 than any other country in the world, Now, that sounds bad, but the upside of this is that that means that we are testing more people, which is a good thing. All of the anecdotal reports that I have seen and heard are that if you do not have symptoms, you will not be tested. And as I talked about last week, the World Health Organization still recommends that pregnant women with symptoms of COVID-19 should be prioritized for testing. And that could be worth mentioning if you are trying to advocate for a test and you're having trouble getting one. A very close family member of mine was tested today, and she was told that she would have results in eight to nine days, which is an incredibly long time. And I'm sharing this just to show that we're still a ways off from testing being an efficient process. And please keep in mind, I'm sure that doctors would love to test everyone, And they are working with some constraints on the availability of the test and dealing with the limited resources that they have. There is quite a bit of new research on whether or not the SARS-CoV-2 is transferred to babies. So there's three new studies that were published in the last few days in the Journal of the American Medical Association, and they show evidence that SARS-CoV-2 could be transmitted to babies during pregnancy. Remember, up until now, all of the research that we've talked about showed that it was not crossing the placenta, that there was no vertical transmission. The largest study of these looked at 33 babies who were born to mothers who all tested positive for COVID-19. So three of the babies tested positive at birth. 
And this was in China, where they have extremely strict infection control and prevention procedures that are taking place during births. So for that reason, it was thought that all of these infants contracted COVID-19 from their mothers prior to birth, and it wasn't from another source in the hospital. The good news is that all three babies recovered and were testing negative for COVID-19 by day seven. Another study showed that infants born to six mothers who were positive for COVID-19 all had antibodies present. Even though all six babies tested negative for COVID-19, they were showing that they had those antibodies. And in a single case study, immunoglobulin M antibodies for SARS-CoV-2 were detected in a baby two hours after birth. So these specific antibodies that they were testing for usually don't appear until three to seven days after infection. So they can't definitively rule out infection after birth, but because they generally don't see those antibodies until three to seven days later, it was suspected that the baby was exposed to the virus in utero. The new data from these three papers tells us that it may be possible that there is vertical transmission of SARS-CoV-2 during pregnancy. And up until now, all the research was indicative that it was not being transferred to babies in utero. There's also more data out on SARS-CoV-2 and pregnancy. In a study that was done in a hospital in Wuhan, seven expecting mothers were presenting with symptoms of COVID-19. The most common symptoms were fever and cough. One pregnant mother had shortness of breath and another one had diarrhea. Those are symptoms that are not quite as common. All seven patients had a cesarean section after consultation with a multidisciplinary team. So they noted that delivering as soon as possible might be a better choice for the sake of safety considerations. And this is because we don't know the effects of the virus or the effects of some of the medications that are being used to treat the virus on babies. All patients were treated with antivirals, antibiotics, and traditional Chinese medicine, and five of those seven were treated with steroids. So far, there's no magic drug that treats this virus. And so a lot of different medications are being used. And some of these medications, like steroids, are not being given until after birth due to concerns of how it affects the baby. There were no intensive care unit admissions for those seven mothers before delivery. All patients were recovered and eventually discharged from the hospital. The birth weights and APGAR scores of all the babies were normal. Four infants were taken home and were not tested for SARS-CoV-2. During a follow-up call 28 days later, they were showing no symptoms. Three of those babies were kept for observation, and one of the three tested positive for COVID-19 and was released from the hospital two weeks later. And at 28 days after birth, those three babies were all healthy and had no symptoms. So this study is all good news. From what we're seeing, mothers and babies are recovering from this virus so far. And of course, that's going to be really just a case-by-case basis. More research is coming that's going to specifically look at pregnant women and babies. The University of Washington, University of California, San Diego, and the University of California, San Francisco are all starting studies specifically on pregnant women. If you are pregnant and you have a suspected or a known COVID-19 infection, you could be eligible to participate. We lack so much research because so often it excludes pregnancy. 
If you can contribute to this research, please do. The participation is going to involve completing questionnaires and sharing your medical records. You don't have to go spend your pregnancy living in a laboratory. Overall, it's going to be a relatively small investment of time to make a big difference for expecting mothers in the future who need this research. I recently had an opportunity to participate in some research relating to this virus, and I jumped at the chance to contribute. I wear an Aura ring, which is a ring that tracks your sleep and other health data. So Aura teamed up with UCSF to investigate whether the ring could be useful in identifying symptoms of COVID-19. Now, unfortunately, this doesn't directly relate to pregnancy, but I am stoked that it allows me to contribute to more data being available in the future. If you would consider participating in any of the research that UCSF or UCSD is doing, please do. I will put links to both of those in the article on the website. Hopefully you never come into contact with SARS-CoV-2. Thankfully, all of the research that we've seen so far is that expecting mothers and babies are recovering. And if you do come into contact with this virus, you have the opportunity to make more data available to pregnant women in the future. So please consider participating. Last week, we got pretty in-depth about a lot of the changes coming to your prenatal care and your birth plan. More parents are seeing doctor and midwife appointments move online. We are seeing a lot more reports of doulas and visitors being banned from hospitals and birth centers. And in some cases, partners are not permitted to attend births. I'm reaching out to some other professionals in the birth world, and I hope to bring you more information on those topics really soon. The changes happening in hospitals and all of these growing concerns have prompted some expecting moms to consider a home birth. And this past week, interesting news came out from New Zealand, who declared that if you're positive for COVID-19, or if you have any symptoms, that you must give birth in a hospital. I thought that was interesting in a time when people may be opting out of doing a hospital birth. It was really challenging to find an official opinion on this from an organization like the Royal Australian and New Zealand College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists. I can see reasons why they would do this and reasons why they shouldn't. As more information's available on that, I will let you know. And so far, I have not seen any statements or any mention from other countries banning home birth for patients who have COVID-19 or who are patients under investigation. And it is possible that that could change. My mantra right now is don't panic, plan. It's so easy to panic and to start freaking out when you are reading or watching the news and you're seeing the effects of everything that's going on with this pandemic. I get emails every day from expecting mothers who are really worried about this situation. And I get it, but I don't want you to panic. I want you to plan because there is a lot that you can be doing right now to plan ahead and reduce your risks. Social distancing is still critical right now and will continue to be for several weeks at least, if not months to come. And I know that this comes at a cost, but This is still the best chance we have at slowing this outbreak down and not overwhelming hospitals. And you know that this has a direct impact on expecting mothers because the vast majority of births in the United States take place in hospitals. 
please stay home and encourage those around you to do the same. Let's think a little bit about the little things that you can be doing to take care of your immune system. Stacking these little things together can really add up to a big difference. Even though gyms are closed and group fitness classes are being canceled, you can still get your workout in at home. Even without equipment or weights, you can find videos online for any type of workout. From high-intensity training to yoga, you can see free videos for just about anything on YouTube. Plus, a lot of fitness instructors are putting out free resources online right now. With shelter-in-place orders, you're likely feeling pretty confined in your house. I know that I am. But you can get out for a walk or a run to get some exercise. If you do this, you want to stick to areas with low foot traffic. You don't need to sit down and plan out a route on a map. You can just go for a walk to explore your neighborhood. Where I live, a lot of people have been walking around. If if you're walking towards someone else, you can always cross the street or temporarily get off the sidewalk to avoid crossing paths with someone. Of course, we want to be safe, but getting some fresh air and moving your body is going to be good for both your physical and your mental health. With your diet, not a whole lot has changed, right? You still want to be avoiding sugar and you want to eat healthy whole foods as much as possible. If it's challenging to find fresh fruits and veggies, buying them frozen can be a good option. Anything with probiotics is going to help your immune system. Probiotic-rich foods include fermented foods like sauerkraut or kimchi, kombucha, yogurt, and kefir also have probiotics in them. It's likely that you're spending more time at home and that you're eating out less. So take advantage of this opportunity to really fine-tune your diet to be geared towards healthier foods and make some new healthier recipes. And please also be sure that you are drinking plenty of water and that you're staying hydrated. In addition to including probiotic-rich foods in your diet, you can also take a probiotic supplement. There's even some evidence that taking a probiotic can reduce your chances of getting group B strep. Another way you can support your immune system is by taking a really high-quality prenatal vitamin. And a good prenatal is going to ensure that you are meeting all the requirements for those essential vitamins and nutrients that you and your baby need during pregnancy. You may also want to consider increasing the supplements that you take to include some additional immune support. Zoller has several options for supplements that are going to help support your immune system. And right now you can save 15% off with the code immunity15. And I'll put links to all of those at pregnancypodcast.com forward slash vitamin. And of course, with any supplements, it's always a good idea to run these by your doctor or midwife. But supplements is a super easy way to make sure that you're getting all of those vitamins and nutrients that you need and give your immune system some additional support. And the last really basic thing you want to be doing to support your immune system is to make sure that you're sleeping well. This is especially crucial when you are likely experiencing fatigue, which tends to happen in the first and third trimesters. Your body will tell you when you need extra sleep. So please listen to it. Sleep is one of the best things that you can do to make sure that you're staying healthy. I wanted to talk about some tips for your home, for grocery shopping, grabbing food to go. You should be diligent about your habits when anyone or any new items are coming into your home. 
Some of the tips that I'm going to talk about may seem a little extreme, and that's because they are. I'm going to share what the most prudent tips are, and then you can decide which, if any, you want to implement in your home and into your routines. And these tips are really just about limiting your risk of exposure to SARS-CoV-2 as much as possible. How many precautions you take, how far you want to take it, completely up to you. And if you're doing these things, anyone that you live with should also be taking every precaution. So have a conversation with your partner, anyone else that you live with, to make sure that everyone's on the same page. You already know the first thing that you need to do when you walk in the door is wash your hands. And during pregnancy, your skin can be more sensitive. If your hands are getting dry or cracked with all of this washing, make sure that you're using a moisturizer or lotion after washing your hands. Your house does not have to be laboratory clean all the time. You can just opt to clean frequently touched surfaces like light switches or doorknobs regularly. Maybe just do that once a day. Since hand towels are being used a lot more often, you may want to wash those more frequently. And it's a good idea to open windows and get fresh air in your home. The reason that I think it's so important to be diligent about making your home safe is that if you know that you're taking precautions when you come into your house, that's going to help you relax at home just knowing that you're in a safe space. If you live with someone who's having any symptoms of COVID-19, you're going to want to isolate them to keep yourself as healthy as possible. In practice, if you have someone who's living in your home who has any symptoms, it seems almost impossible to isolate them completely. Please do reach out to your doctor or midwife for their recommendations, and you're just going to want to do your best to stay away and avoid exposure. Let's talk about exposure to SARS-CoV-2 from packages. If you are like me, you've probably been trying to do more online shopping. There's a study that looked at how long the SARS-CoV-2 virus survives on various surfaces. So we know aerosols can remain in the air for up to three hours. On copper, the virus can survive up to four hours. On cardboard, 24 hours. And then up to two to three days on plastic and stainless steel. And the danger is that you could be touching a surface that's contaminated with this virus. And then if you touch your face, that could introduce the virus to your body. Let's talk about getting takeout. Local restaurants are struggling right now, and almost all of them are offering takeout or delivery. Takeout foods pretty much thought to be safe because it's cooked. And the World Health Organization recently released data on how SARS-CoV-2 survives at different temperatures. Interestingly, there was only a minimal reduction of the virus concentration after 21 days at freezing temperatures. So even freezing the virus may not kill it. Heat at 56 degrees Celsius or 132.8 degrees Fahrenheit kills the SARS coronavirus at around 10,000 units per 15 minutes. Another study from 2012 on the SARS-CoV-1 found that the virus was undetectable after being heated to that same temperature, 56 degrees Celsius or 132.8 degrees Fahrenheit for 30 minutes. In general, foodborne illnesses are killed if the food is heated to 140 degrees. But 
how many foods are heated to that temperature for 30 minutes. That's a long time. It could be the case that food cooked at these temperatures for that duration can't contain SARS-CoV-2. However, we don't have that exact data. Given the information that we do have, cooked food is likely less of an exposure than uncooked food like sushi or salad would be. But right now, we can't say for sure that just heated food is not going to contain the virus. If you're going to pick up food from a restaurant, you can see if you can pay ahead of time, either online or over the phone. That can minimize the amount of time that you're in the restaurant. And then two, you don't have to hand someone your credit card or exchange cash. While you're there, of course, you want to avoid touching door handles or any other surfaces when possible. And if you do touch anything, you want to wash your hands as soon as you can or use a hand sanitizer. If you have food delivered, you can ask the delivery driver to leave it on your doorstep rather than greeting them at the door. If you can tip ahead or through an app rather than handing off cash, that could be a good idea. Please do tip your delivery drivers. They're out there working hard so that you can stay home. Once you get your food inside, you're going to want to dispose of any bags that it came in. And then you can move your meal from the container that it was packaged in onto a plate. And then you want to throw away all of that packaging and wash your hands thoroughly for 20 seconds before enjoying your food. So what about going to the grocery store and getting groceries? According to the FDA, currently there's no evidence of food or food packaging being associated with the transmission of COVID-19. It may be possible that you could get it by touching a surface or object that has the virus on it and then touching your mouth, nose, or possibly eyes. But according to the FDA, this is not thought to be the main way the virus spreads. So if you need to get groceries, which we all do at some point, if you can send your partner or a friend or a family member to the grocery store, that would be ideal. If you do need to go to a store, find out if they have special hours for high-risk shoppers. A lot of stores are allowing people over the age of 60 or those who are at a higher risk in an hour before the store is open to the public. If you can get in earlier, being a higher risk because you're pregnant, you may want to consider that. Hopefully stores will be less busy during this time, which means you're going to come into contact with fewer people. Plus, the shelves are going to be better stocked earlier in the day. You may want to consider not using reusable grocery bags. Get bags from the store that you can just get rid of after you're done shopping and unpacking everything at home. If you do choose to use your own reusable bags, then you can wash or disinfect them after you use them. And when you get to the store, the first thing that you're going to touch is the cart. And stores are taking steps to regularly sanitize these but I would still use a disinfecting wipe if the store has one, or if you can bring your own wipe and use that to wipe down the handle of the cart. And as you're shopping, this is really not the ideal time to be picking up a lot of products from shelves if they're not going to go directly in your basket. I am reading less labels now than I ever have. And I say this because you want to limit your time in the store. Plus, you don't want to touch anything that you don't have to. That's going to reduce the number of things that you're exposed to, and it's going to help protect other shoppers who will be touching those products that you put back on the shelves. 
Another tip to limit your time in the store and to limit the number of trips you have to make is to meal plan ahead of time. Make a shopping list and plan to buy groceries for two weeks. Now, I'm not talking about going and hoarding huge amounts of food, but I'm talking about being thoughtful about the food that you are buying so that you don't have to run back to the store in a couple days. When you are in the grocery store shopping, you want to obviously avoid touching your face. Please leave your phone in your pocket or in your purse. When you're standing in line, you want to keep some distance from other people, preferably six feet or more. And then once you leave the store, once all of your groceries are loaded in your car and you've put the cart back, sanitize your hands. If you have the option to order groceries online, you can take advantage of that. Do be prepared for limited delivery windows or longer shipping times. Ordering some items online, even if you can't get everything, can limit the amount of things that you need to buy in a store, which is going to cut down on the amount of time that you're spending shopping for groceries in person. If you are ordering food from an online service like Thrive Market or ordering meat from ButcherBox, the CDC notes that in general, because of poor survivability of these coronaviruses on surfaces, there is likely very low risk of spread from food products or packaging that are shipped over a period of days or weeks at ambient refrigerated or frozen temperatures. So that's good news if you're ordering from an online service. If you're ordering groceries through more of a local service like Instacart, you may be exposed to fewer people, but it's possible that the groceries delivered to your door still do carry some risk. When you get home from the store or when groceries are delivered, there are some things that you can do to limit your exposure or your chance of exposure. The FDA doesn't have great guidelines on how to protect yourself when you're bringing groceries into your house. They say that if you're concerned about contamination of food and food packaging that you've purchased from the grocery store, that you should wash your hands after handling food and food packages when you return from the store and after removing packaging from food. In addition, it's always critical to follow the four key steps of food safety, clean, separate, cook, and chill to prevent foodborne illness. Now, I did read all of the guidelines related to that. They really apply more to foodborne illnesses than SARS-CoV-2. So let's talk about unpacking groceries. Once you get home from the grocery store or groceries are delivered, you may want to be diligent about unpacking your food. You may have seen a video that was recently posted online from a doctor that was showing the safety measures that you should be taking. The safest bet is going to be to leave your groceries outside your house, like maybe in your garage, for three days. But that's not ideal for anything that's perishable or anything that you plan to eat in the next three days. To be as prudent as possible, you want to eliminate any chance that there's a surface of a package that could possibly contain SARS-CoV-2. And you can do this by either wiping down packages with a disinfectant wipe or a cleaner or by removing the outer packaging. Remember, we talked about that study that shows that the virus can live on cardboard for 24 hours and plastic or metal for up to three days. 
So as you are cleaning things off or removing things from the outer packaging, you want to be careful that you are being diligent about what's sanitized and what's not. So you could do this by splitting the surface of a countertop between two sides, one for things that are potentially contaminated and one side that's designated for items that have already been disinfected or things that you've removed the outer packaging from. You could also choose to do this somewhere like your garage and move things that have been sanitized from one area to another before bringing them inside. If you're using a strong disinfectant like a Clorox wipe, that's going to be fine for items that are going to go in a pantry or a cupboard, but the chemical smell from those cleaners could stick around longer in the fridge or the freezer. You can wipe cold items and then let them sit out for a little bit before you put them in the fridge or the freezer. You could also choose to wash them with soap and water if that would work, depending on what the packaging is. And for fruits and vegetables, you clearly you're not going to rub an apple down with a Clorox wipe, but you can wash produce with a mild dish soap, just the same as you would any dishes in your house. If you do this with all of your produce when you get home from the store, then you can batch that work all together so that you don't have to do it every time you want to eat something. I know these precautions may seem like overkill. They're definitely an inconvenience and they take time. And I know that there's a cost to everyone who's being inconvenienced by this pandemic. And of course, you can decide that these measures are not necessary. We are still learning about this virus, and this is a constantly evolving situation. And for the current time, I'm going to take every precaution I can to protect myself and my family. Please do continue to check in with local resources for your city, your county, your state for instructions that are going to be applying to you as to what the recommendations are in your area. Please discuss this topic with your doctor or midwife for their thoughts and recommendations. Remember, they're your trusted partner during your pregnancy and birth. Hopefully, they are being really transparent and communicating with you on any changes to their practice, their policies, or any recommendations. Reach out and let me know what resources I can help you find and how I can help you navigate this challenging time. To recap today's episode, we talked about some updates on the data and research available, especially as it relates to vertical transmission to transmitting the SARS-CoV-2 virus to your baby during pregnancy and how it is affecting pregnant mothers. And then we talked about how you can keep yourself safe, things that you should be doing every day to support your immune system. And then we talked about things you can do in your home and what some guidelines are on how you should be dealing with packages that are being delivered to your house or grocery shopping and bringing groceries back home. I want to thank you for tuning into the pregnancy podcast today. I hope that you find this episode helpful. As always, you can contact me, Vanessa, at PregnancyPodcast.com. You can find all of the episodes and resources on the coronavirus and pregnancy at PregnancyPodcast.com forward slash coronavirus. Thank you to Zoller for their support of this episode. There's multiple promo codes right now. You can save 20% off the prenatal plus DHA plus get free infant vitamin D drops. You can also save 15% on their immune support supplements. 
For all of the details and the promo codes for those, you want to go to pregnancypodcast.com forward slash vitamin. And thank you to Boppy for their support of this episode. You can save 20% off boppy.com with the promo code pregpod20. Boppy makes four different pregnancy pillows that are going to help you get comfortable for a good night of sleep during any stage of your pregnancy. And right now, more than ever, you really want to make sure that you're sleeping well. You can see all those options at pregnancypodcast.com forward slash pillow. Pillow. 